This is episode 39 of the Andrew Heinz Real Estate Investing Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Rav Tour on the show. Rav is the host of a popular TV show called Everyday Investor. It's on City TV here in Canada. He's also been on several other shows. He started as an actor back when he was in his teens. And he is a major influencer for real estate in Canada. On the show, Rav discusses how he's basically been able to engineer his life so that he only has to work a handful of hours a week and he's able to support his whole family. He's got a very large and growing investment portfolio through investing in land development. So he basically does joint venture partnerships with a developer where he's investing a certain portion of money, not a huge amount, anywhere from $100,000, $200,000 on a project. And he's able to reap very large returns. He talks about some numbers in the range of about 20% a year in a passive investment. So face it, that's a pretty fantastic type of return for something that's completely passive. Rav tells his story, he gets into some of his spirituality, he gets into the way his lifestyle works, and it's really inspiring. He's a guy that's got a knack for making deals happen and winning constantly. In the show, Rav mentions that he actually has never lost in real estate, which I find is pretty unique because I've lost multiple times in a very short period of time but it taught me a lot. So anyways, Rab didn't have to. It's an incredible thing to hear, and I know you're gonna be inspired by this story, so I can't wait for you to hear it. Quick housekeeping, we host the Greater Hamilton REI Meetup every single month here in Burlington, Ontario, and this is where you get to meet other real estate investors, connect, share stories and ideas, and grow together. This is a completely free event, so if you're not already in our private Facebook group, make sure that you either send me a message at the Andrew Hines on Instagram, or feel free to click the link in the show notes of this episode so that you can be a part of our group and you can benefit from our community and contribute to it just like everyone else is. I would really love the opportunity to meet you at one of these events. So without further ado, here's the episode number 39 with Rav Tour. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Rav Tour on the show. And yes, that's Rav Tour, the host of The Everyday Investor. Yes. And he's no more the. No, okay. So no more investor. the. Yeah. Rav, thanks for coming on. Yeah, that's great. We thought, you know, it used to be called, I think, The Facebook, and uh, now it's Facebook. It used to be called The Gap, now it's Gap, and so. Yeah. Drop the The. Drop the The. The truth is, I don't think I could get The EverydayInvestor.com. No. I got, but I got EverydayInvestor.com. Yeah. So let's change the name of the show. Hey, that works. Yeah. Well, I mean, The never matters in a search anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rav, it's really great to have you here. I know you had to make a trek to come here to the, the little studio, but I do appreciate you doing that, and I think this is a really cool opportunity to kind of dig into your past because you're always interviewing people. Yes. You're the guy always asking the questions, but who asks the questions to Rav? Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, Andrew, I'm really reluctant to do podcasts and be guests on shows and because yeah. I don't feel like I have really much to say, to be honest. You know what I mean? I, 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 I have a lot to say um, <laughs> about what I do and what I think and my opinions. Um, but you're a, a close friend. And so I said, yeah. uh, you know, and there's a close friend that asks, um, you know, why not? I think I did uh, some mutual friends. I did Irwin's, I did, uh, Simeon and Jazz's and I think oh, you did. Is, okay. Yeah. And yours. I mean, you know, this is kind of just the third one I've done over yeah. many years. I'd, I'd be, I'd much, much rather ask the questions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, well, we'll have a, a little back and forth on this anyway. It's funny that you say that. Cause I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I kind of feel like when I'm, uh, 
when I'm asking a lot of these questions, like, yeah, I've done a ton, but I've, there are so many people like that I interview have done so much more than me. And exactly, you know, but I, I don't think you should diminish what, what you've done because you actually have taken a little bit of a different path with real estate investing. And I, I know that I think you did have some properties at one point. Yeah. But now you're more into alternative investing, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, but if you don't mind, can you just tell our guests, our, our listeners, our viewers, where you started down the road of getting involved in real estate? Uh, like jump right to the real estate? Yeah. So I, you know, I get um, bored really easy. And um, if I'm interested, I'm really interested, you know, like we'll become an expert. And if I'm interested and love it, then, you know, I think that's just really where all people um, flourish. But if I'm not interested, I, I just, uh, probably it's wrong. Uh, you probably don't want your high school students to, uh, to listen to this, but uh, I could just care less. Right. And so I got asked to leave four different high schools. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, so I think in the fourth one that I went to, I was 16 and um, I don't know if it still exists, but they have co-op, you know, yeah. I, you know, where you just kind of, okay, you don't have to be in school. You can go be at an establishment and learn. And so I was uh, born and raised in Kingston, Ontario. Um, you know, like 100,000 people at that time, maybe 60,000 people. I was probably the only brown boy uh, that lived there. And, uh, and they put me in the largest real estate brokerage. And so that was my, my co-op. And I was like, wow, you know, this is fun and you can make money and there's the art of the deal and the challenge. And, and I'm just talking about like buying and selling. There's guys in there that were mm -hmm. developing and apartment buildings and this and that. And so, um, then me and my mom bought our first townhouse and, um, then we, we lived in it then we moved out, rented it out. I took care of it. And so it's, I'm, I'm 48. So I guess it's been 32 years I've been in the game um, and just really enjoy the the challenge, the art of the deal, uh, the entrepreneurial aspect, of course, making money, mm -hmm. you know, um, I enjoy those things. It's not my everything, but I enjoy it. Do you enjoy the the winning when you make a good deal or when you when you make a good return on something you did? And that's kind of like a feeling of satisfaction. hundred percent. But I want everyone in that deal to win. Right. Yeah. I actually don't feel good. Um, when, if one party doesn't win, you know, truly yeah. I, I have, a, I'm, I'm blessed and cursed, um, in the sense that I have an extremely sensitive conscience, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, uh, so yeah, like I'm not, a, I, I'm not cold sales, hard sell. I could never do any of that. You know, it has to be really like kind of organic and fun and everybody kind of wins. You know? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's, um, like going down the, the whole selling path. And I know some people out there, um, you know, kind of bully, bully the sellers and a little bit to try and get deals. And at the end of the day, I think it needs to be about solving a problem, right? There, yeah. There's a room for both people to win. And I think that that needs to be the approach in anything you do. So I'm fully with you there. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why the idea of rent to own initially didn't really appeal to me because I, I saw a lot of people failing to buy yeah. a lot of people not being able to. So I can definitely appreciate your approach with that. But, okay, so I wanted to go back a little bit further even than that because somewhere along the line you got into acting. I know you were doing that and that's kind of, was that at the same time? Yeah. So you, you were kind of thinking real estate was something to you, but you weren't sure what. You bought your first property with your mom. Yeah. When did you start acting and then when did, when did real estate take over? Because I know you eventually became a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so I'm born 1971, Kingston, Ontario, 
parents, I have a sister two years younger, parents divorced when I was a kid. Mom came over from India. Dad came over from India, arranged marriage. Uh, yeah, imagine that. They don't, really? they don't all work. Wow. Um, but um, my dad, I watched my dad on the news. Uh, ready? Punjabi guy in the taxi business. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine? Never heard of that before. No. <laughs> um, but he came over and he sold, He talked to two friends. I mean, he worked in the penitentiary. He was in the Navy. He was so on and so forth. And then he, he called a couple of guys from Toronto, two brothers, mm-hmm. said, sell everything you have. Come to Kingston. My dad bought 11 cars. Each brother bought 10. They had 31 cars. They called it City Cab. And back then there was no transit system. Okay. So they crushed it. And so I would watch my dad on the news, you know, immigrant comes to, you know, Kingston, Ontario makes a killing. And so I've always kind of had, you know, the entrepreneurial, the spirit. I think a lot of immigrants, um, they do, and then they pass it down. And, you know, so I was always like that growing up. And then when my parents divorced, uh, I was five, my sister was three, um, I'm very protective of my mom and, you know, I became man of the house and, you know, protect my mom who was a nurse and she's my greatest hero, by the way, she's still with us and, um, uh, greatest hero in my life, like just sacrificed and did so much. She worked graveyard, graveyard shift, you know, from 11 to seven every night, had a student live with us for free, a woman. Um, and the only rule was you must be home from 11 to seven while my two little kids are sleeping. And so anyways, um, but I also didn't have dad around. And so I got really rebellious. My mom was really faithful, um, in God, uh, not per se in Christianity of which I'm, I'm, uh, very, uh, you know, love and follow, but, but just in terms of teaching me God, um, that there's something bigger and, uh, something bigger that loves you and, and you can do anything. And so that was always instilled in me. So spirituality, real estate and acting, uh, I was introduced to, uh, as very young and I still mm-hmm. do all three. So to answer your question, Tom Cavanaugh, Tom Cavanaugh, what does he do right now? Uh, he plays Dr. Wells on flash, you know, he, okay. he does a lot of things. Um, so he, um, was my drama teacher's best, uh, friend. And I met my wife, uh, at 16 as well. And she was taking drama. So I started taking drama. Tom came. I didn't know how to get into acting. I just thought, you know, somebody picks you off the street and says, Hey, be in this movie. Mm-hmm. I learned about getting an agent and moving to a big city. And so, yeah, you know, from that age to, I don't know, I've done over 30 speaking roles in film and TV. And, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, just goofing around and, uh, but, you know, I've done scenes with Daniel Craig and Mark Wahlberg and, you know, and, and speaking roles. Right. So I had that. Um, I wanted to make money. So I did the real estate uh, co-op and bought m- property with mom and so on and so forth. And then I became also a minister at like 23 years old and did that for like a decade. So those three things are wow. the things that I'm most passionate about. And I still do all three yeah. uh, today. Um, I eat by doing real estate. Uh, my passion is uh, spirituality and more specifically uh, Christianity. We, I, we started a church this year, simplechurch.ca, if you yeah. want to check that uh, website out. And um, and then my agent calls from time to time whenever there's you know something interesting and I go in addition and if I get it, I get it. And if I don't, I don't. And, you know? Nice. Yeah. So you have an IMDB page, I believe? I do. I yeah. do. So I don't know who does it. I don't do it. And it's like, yeah. I think there's only like 15, 16 things on there, but I've done, yeah, well over. 30, 30 gigs and it's a it's a good uh good conversation starter when you're uh, when you're out having drinks i guess <laughs> i mean I, andrew you know me i don't yeah. like i just don't like it i just no i don't know for me for me i know i lo- i i know i leave a lot of i know i leave a lot on the table and probably i leave a lot of money on the table as well mm-hmm. as well 
because I don't know. I just, I don't, for me, Raph, I don't get like post this on my social media and do this and do this. And actually you're, you're somebody that gives me a bit of a spanking. Sometimes you're like, dude, you, you, you could be doing some great things for people Mm -hmm. if I would just get out there and share more of my thoughts and stuff. But for me, I don't know, maybe it's some sort of insecurity or it's it's not, it's not that big of, I'm not, nobody is that big of a deal. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. Well, nobody is. Yes. And I think that for me, we have a similar kind of feel with that because I feel like an absolute buffoon walking down the street, taking a selfie video, talking to my phone. Yeah. Um, it uh, it feels nothing but uncomfortable to me. And I, I don't know that there is a way around that. Yeah. Um, but still today. Yeah, I still I still post a lot less than a lot of people just because I don't really enjoy that process yeah. for whatever reason. I don't know where that comes from or why that's uh, that's something that I have a reservation about. But uh, I do, on the other hand, I, I do love doing this. And I know you seem to quite enjoy doing your show yeah. when you're interviewing people and bringing value in that way. Yeah. I think you have a really big presence. Um, you command a big presence when when you're on screen and, and people are receptive to that. So I know that if they could get more, and the reason I said this to you is I know that if they could get more of Rav, they would they would certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying for me, yeah. I just need to grow in my, uh, you know, like if I really, f- when I'm in the position and posture of selflessness, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. Put me, I'll be, I've been on stages in front of five, six, seven thousand people. And if I know I'm giving without getting anything in return, yeah, I'm on fire. But the minute I think, you know, it's kind of like network marketing, you know, MLM, yep. right? Multi-level yep. marketing, nothing wrong with it. I cannot do it because the moment I think that I'm getting something back from yeah. giving. Now, listen, I work with Graybrook, um, but that's because I'm exclusively invested with Graybrook, right? Uh, yeah. Land development. And so they do, um, you know, feed my family um, by when people invest because they learn it through me and so on and so forth. But I'm also in 10, 11 deals, mm-hmm. right? So there's not, to me, I have a problem for me. When I'm selling you something and, yeah, you know, I sure I believe in it maybe, but I'm really getting paid handsomely and so on and so forth. So I, I just need to hang around somebody like you more and uh, it'll click. I'm sure it'll click one yeah. day um, um, and maybe soon that I need to. Um, it's like writing a book. Like I think it's really so many people have said, Rav, you know, da, 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 da. I think it's really dangerous to write a book. I think every book on the front cover, it should say. Here are my thoughts today and put the date on it. Yeah. Because a week later we change. And so that's why I'm terrified to write a book because what I think today, maybe God put something different in my mind or my heart, you know, next year. Yeah. Right. And so in the same way, I can only share with you my thoughts today. I don't think I'm really that great of a teacher um, because I'm too insecure about if I'm communicating properly. You know, it's like my TV show. I don't want people to watch the show. So if you go on the website, everydayinvestor.com, it says, um, learn how money makes money. But that's only because aesthetically, I can't put more. If you hit the about, then it says, we all want more time with family, friends, a benevolent purpose that's greater than yourself. But we spend all of our time working to make money to live. Imagine a life where you didn't have to work to make money. Money could make you money. So you could work less and have more time for the things that doesn't. But now I'm excited. Now I'm really excited. 
But for me just to say, hey, here's how yeah. you can make money so you can go sit on the beach all the time and be selfish as all get out and I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. I, I think, and this is what I, I love about what you've been able to accomplish, is that we all just become more of what we are if we if we have the ability, if, if we have money to to basically not work, we come we become more of what we already are. And and for me, spending time with family and just and just spending time with friends and, and doing things with Jordan, my wife, and and obviously like all the all the different things that you would say if if you asked somebody if you had no obligations for the next year yeah what are some things you would put in there yeah and you know for her she's very passionate about starting a charity to help animals or working with a charity to help animals yeah uh we both eat fully vegan so we're you know we're obviously we would love to create more awareness around around that and help more people see the benefits of of going that way um you know just things like that but for me just the ability to go spend time with her you yeah. know she's she works you know eight hours a day um and granted she likes what she does she's a tv tv host as well yes and, and uh, a good one and a good one yeah, yeah very good one and she's got so many um so many things that she's so great at um i love seeing her explore all those things i just love the flexibility element of of financial independence yeah to me, me to me it's like well like you said your mind changes you write a book today how will you feel tomorrow well what i want to do tomorrow might be different too yeah and if i don't have flexibility then that puts me in a weak position. Yeah. I feel exposed. Yeah. So for me, if I if some if I were to narrow it down, I want to spend as much time as I can with my kids. Mm -hmm. That that's that's huge. Right. Right. And um, they've been homeschooled, world schooled, um, their whole life. Well, that's not true. Uh, we learned about it when he finished grade four and she finished grade one. My son Samuel and Olivia, um, and now they're eighteen and sixteen. And we have a blast and I want to spend all the time in the world. And, you know, yeah. I still put in whatever, three, four, five, ten hours a week kind of into doing stuff. Um, but I really work hard on leveraging and uh, making money that way and enjoying. So yeah. um, if I had, you know, all the money in the world, would I be preaching Christianity full time, 100%? No, because God's all, all also put into me the art of the deal. I'll mm -hmm. always want to, you know, wealth hack. Always. I just, yeah. it's, I just enjoy it. But I would love to take all of that uh, profit and give it to third world kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just, it's always been in me, that DNA. Maybe it'll go away one day, but um, I, I just really, you know, enjoy this game. That's why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to, we all have to be really careful. Like, I, I think the need of the hour, and it, it'll always be, and it always has been, it's just self-awareness because we can say that we want to spend time with family and friends um, and, you know, do something benevolent, but our day timer has to reflect that. Yeah. You know, you know, I always share, there's no such thing in my opinion as quality time. Like I'm spending time with you here today, but mm. I can't manufacture and say, okay, Andrew, let's do this podcast and let's have quality time. No, yeah, we're going to, I came, you know, uh, and saw a little bit of your house. We're going to do this. We're going to go grab a bite to eat. And in that quantity time, mm -hmm. somewhere in there will be birthed quality. Sure. And, um, you know, my wife and kids and friends are not appointments. It's, it's what I want to do, right? Yeah. If you say, no, I want to make, I want to work 60, 70 hours a week. I want to take my business and my money to the moon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't see my kids that often. Mm -hmm. Okay. But admit it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Admit it. Like well, yeah, self-aware. Yeah. Be, be honest and self-aware about self -aware it. Be self-aware because yeah. that's that's who we, you know, when you can do that, it's just so liberating. Like, I think 
self-deprecation is one of the most beautiful things that somebody could ever master. You know, in other words, the power of vulnerability, right? And humility, like I just know what I'm not good at and and I shouldn't feel bad about that. Like I'm a horrible coach. I'm a horrible teacher. I'm a horrible trainer. What's inside my brain? I don't know how to get out and communicate properly. That's why I don't like doing this right now. Yeah. I'm doing it because you asked me to and I love hanging with you. Well, um, just let me ask the question. Don't worry. Uh, we'll go. get there. We'll yes. get to the gold. Yes. No, so you see what I'm doing? I don't, I, see, I, don't think, I don't think that's true. Like, I think that, well, may, maybe you see something there. I don't know. But I mean, obviously, it's funny because you're a huge teacher, right? You're a teacher to a lot of people and what you do. All the people who religiously watch your your show and, and you know, hear what you have to say. I think yeah, we teach yeah. in different ways, right? No, no, no. But I mean, I'm saying by way of a curriculum. Yeah. Right? Like, like, every, like very few athletes are going to be good coaches. I don't know if Tom Brady is going to be a good coach when he retires in a year or yeah, two. Yeah, you right? have to have that teaching. That's right. You yeah. have to be gifted to do that. And I'm just saying, be self-aware. Um, it might sound self-deprecating to say, you know what, guys? You don't want me on your show because I'm horrific at teaching. That's just how I feel. Now, if you can pull out what's in my brain, because I've done, you know, I know how to make a deal and I love it. Yeah, you're a deal maker for yeah, sure. Yeah. So on that note of you being a, a deal maker, um, why don't I just summarize what I know of you, and you can you can correct me if if I'm wrong. So I know that you you you're still in acting at one point. Maybe what you were like 25, you you got into being a realtor. Is that or what age? Were uh, no, you? no, no. So from so I got into acting. I mean, I'm 18, 19, making sometimes. 1500 a day like on set you know like just stupidness and around beautiful people and you know smoking this and putting that up my nose and you know blah 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 and i just hated my life like i'm around beautiful people making great money uh, living in vancouver at the time did a little uh film here there was in new york was la toronto this kind of stuff and hated life hated my life um and just was on a god quest and then surrendered to uh, the walk of Jesus, which I fell in love with, the selflessness and the humility. And I said, this is it. And so I want to become a minister. And then six months of being a Christian, I was interning at a church in Vancouver. And so from the age of like 23 to like 30, 31, you know, I was doing that and just love it. Doing and some acting it. and, and oh, that's so, it. And so always acting, some real estate, yeah. always some real. Yeah. So buying a couple of properties yeah, here whatever. and there. All, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know, with, with, uh, and then. Um, I had a couple of kids and ministry doesn't pay much. Right. right. Um, yeah. and so I said, I got to make money and I just uh, try to start a couple of businesses that I had no business starting. One was a tourist tourism business. We put the first pedicabs in Toronto, you know, the, the you drive in with the bikes. Okay. Pe pedicabs. Oh, okay, yeah. So okay. We, we put the first ones in, in Toronto and, but then, uh, you know, SARS and West Nile and whatever, all these different, the things that killed, uh, killed, um, tourism and, and stuff, yeah, right? So, so around 2002, this we're, we're talking. Okay. Yeah. 2002, yeah. 2003. So then that, um, failed. And then I started something else and I should, you know, that's a good lesson. You should only stick to what you know. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I put some money in stocks. When that went down, I took the remainder out, put it in real estate and peekaboo. I made money. I've never lost in real estate ever, ever. I've lost in a lot of things because I get bored. Never in real estate investing. How old were you or what year was it when you got, when you started being a real, uh, real estate agent? Yeah. So then I wanted to, the, the last thing I wanted to do, cause it's golden handcuffs. It's good money, but I hate that lifestyle too. So it's I pretty started, busy lifestyle. yeah, 2004, 2004, you started doing that. Okay. 2004, I think I was like 31 or two or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I did that and crushed it and hated it. 
Yeah. And then I stopped that like 3940 um, to go back into the ministry. And then I met a guy named Peter Pletus, good friend. And um, he's like, dude, you know, do this and and uh, we can, you know, be, be our PR guy. Um, and so I did and I invested a lot um, and it's worked out. And so that's what I've been doing for the last eight, nine years. Um, yeah. When I was a realtor, though, what I would do is I JV'd a lot. So I would want to get my friends and family and even people I didn't know to invest in real estate. And they're all so scared. So then I said, OK, we'll go half half. We'll okay. go 50, 50, 50. And so that's why I had so many properties. Um, because I would do it with people that were scared to do it. And then sometimes, not sometimes, I always gave them a one-year rip up the contract Okay. Um, because I made the money on the commission of buying the investment anyways. Um, so after several months, they're like, yeah, Rav, I, this is so easy. I want another one and I don't need you. So many people would rip up the contract and and um, uh, I love doing that for people, helping them get into the real estate game. Um, but I would be their security if anything went wrong. So you, would, you guys said you're 50-50, but if they decided they didn't want you there, then then you were off, off the deal. You know what it's yeah. like, right? Just to get over that yeah. hurdle. Sure. Um, and so, yeah. And so now I've just been kind of doing this. So When did the TV show start? Because you've had variations of the TV show as long as I've known you. Yes. Um, so it started at the same time I became a realtor. Oh, okay, so way back then, so you were doing... 2005, January. So you were doing like Rogers TV mostly at that point? Rogers. So it was Rogers TV, and then eventually you were CHCH, on CHCH, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Um, now City TV, is it? And then I self-produced in the last okay. year or two. Okay. Um, and then um, I took that content, sent it to the CRTC, which is just the government of TV. Yeah, the and, regulation. Yeah, okay. And then they they liked it and said this is a good educational show, um, and so we will give you a Canadian content and registration number, CanCon number, and okay. they take that, and now I can be on Global CTV City. And so yeah, so this year, um, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, we're on City TV. Congratulations, man! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's cool. That's big. So so you have a massive platform that you're 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 getting the information out now. And um, going back to when you started, so you were on Rogers, you were probably building up awareness relatively slowly, and then it kind of picked up more and more. And then you met Peter, and Peter's like, hey, you've got influence. So Peter uh, deals in in private equities uh, surrounding or focused on real estate. And that was kind of the opportunity where where you guys connected, and it really put... Uh, Everything's by mistake, though. Yeah. Like I, I had a friend who wanted to produce a show, and because I have a film and TV background plus the real estate background... Um, you know, I owned a brokerage for many years as well and had agents working with me or for me. And um, he he said, hey, will you host this? And it was just for credibility as a, as a broker. It had nothing to do with anything else. Um, and back then it was once a week and it was live and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, you keep saying platform and influence and exposure. I, I That's what people tell me. I <laughs> don't know. I've never measured. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And that's where people like you who love me enough get a little frustrated because you're like, Dude, you could do so much more. And I'm not saying no. Um, you know, it's interesting. Again, let me go back to this. And th th this is, it sounds horrific. That's probably why I don't say it enough. How can I teach you financial peace if I'm on the road every weekend teaching people financial peace? How can I teach you financial peace with your wife and kids? Yeah. How can I teach you? in Capus, Capus Casing, Ontario, in front of a few hundred people, 
hey, life is all about family and friends and the yeah. time with them. If I'm on the road every week teaching it, right? In the same no, way, in the same way, Andrew, I'm really careful about my time. Yeah. Because otherwise, well, first of all, it's not pure and true to me. I'd be a hypocrite, right? So that's why I'm very careful. Like, Rav, you could do so much more. Well, if you know how to make money, yeah, of course, any of us could do so much more. Yeah. If you know how to make money. Yeah. Right? But at what cost? No, I, I hear you completely. And I think for me, I'm always looking for ways to buy back my time. If I could pay an employee to do something, um, if I can create a system around something that I do and then delegate that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really think in anything I've said to you, it wasn't about getting more busy. It was more just about uh, basically implementing some systems. No, 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 no. I listen, I, I, what I appreciate, I do appreciate your honesty uh, with me. I mean, I, I listen, I, I never, I think we're idiots if we don't surround ourselves with people that have a lot of thoughts, especially if they take the time and energy to put it into your life. At the end of the day, it's my decision. Oh, of course. But I think we're, we're idiots if we don't seek um, wisdom and advice from many people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate it. Yeah, don't ever. Oh, no, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, no, I, 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 uh, I think you can accomplish a lot, but of course, I want you to, you know, as a friend, always want you to do what makes you happy, and and that's the number one thing that you, I don't, I know you're very aware of too. Yes. So, uh, getting onto the just some more of the real estate specific yeah. stuff. When you were buying properties from, you know, like I guess you started at sixteen. How many properties did you acquire personally, or were you doing ventured in on? Over that time frame, if you ballparked it. Yeah, you know, not like a lot, a lot, because I was crushing it in my business, right? Like yeah. my first year I did 24 transactions and then 34, then 40, then, you know, so I, when you're making 300,000 yeah. plus a year in your sleep, you know, after all expenses and, you know, um, I should have been buying a property a year, two yeah. a year, three a year, but I would say maybe like 10 to 15 kind of range okay. and, uh, a lot of them were JV, and um, I would look for properties that um, already had tenants in them and were turnkey. And you know, because one thing I, I am not as a rehab guy, I'm not a, a rental guy at all. I don't know how to take a hammer and take it to a nail, and you know, I, I don't know how to do that. I just I don't know how. And now I'm not even interested to know how. Um, I thought you wanted to flip a property with your son. I, I want to flip a property and I'm hoping my son would be the GC in my first yeah. couple properties. I'll work with a GC, a general yeah. contractor and, 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 you know, but just because I want to hang with my son, that's the only yeah. reason, right? I'd rather give my money to you and go do things or, yeah, you know, unless my my son wants to play. And so he's experimenting mm -hmm. with that, but I would say, yeah, maybe 10 to 15, um, like traditional, house tenant properties okay so just single family was kind of the bread and butter yeah or an up yeah. down or an up down okay you know kind of yeah. thing i mean nobody taught me this stuff right i was a virgin yeah um i didn't have join any clubs if i were to do it all over again i probably wouldn't buy anything less than a triplex if i were to buy a properties yeah. or probably even jump right into the multis right where it's yep. based on the business and not with your where but back then it was a lot of fun we could buy properties um, like secondary, thirds, fourths with 5% down, you know, when, yeah. I, was, when I was doing oh, it. It's right? amazing. And a lot of creative ways. So with the buy and holds, probably about 10 to 15. Uh, then I did some assignments, um, you know, just by mistake. Like I just didn't want, I bought a couple properties like on the mountain in Hamilton, a couple townhouses for like nothing, 120,000 or something, right? Um, and then I was just like, ah, oh, I don't want these. And then I would just flip them to someone else after I'd done the home inspections and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, have done that. And, um, then lots of, as you know, um, private lending, just nothing, seven, 8% to, to friends. I didn't charge much. Um, and rent to owns. 
Yeah, I know and you mentioned you got into some rent-to-owns a while back, right? Rent-to-owns, yeah, I did them and yeah. I created them. Again, nobody taught me. I just made them up myself on how to do them. And um, and you're right, the person who, they never closed on it. And so I won huge, which just, it didn't feel yeah. the greatest because I wanted them to win as well. And really yep. interested to see what this girl, uh, Rachel Oliver, she's doing um, with her uh, with her gig. Um, she is like 70, 80% success rate, but that's because mm-hmm. her husband helps the tenant buyer with their credit. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I actually just interviewed a guy. It hasn't aired yet, uh, but it will by the time this episode's out. And he, he basically, they have a similar program. So you're in, you're in a, like a credit counseling program. That's what they needed. I think that that was what the model was missing. Originally, you're like, Hey, you can fix your credit, but you you can't, um, you can't just assume that they're going to put all the pieces together. And that's what, that's what I saw, uh, with a lot of people I knew doing rent to own deals that I was just constantly seeing it is that the tenants weren't fixing it. Yeah. And yeah. it sucks because, yeah, you do win big as the owner. You keep the property and you took all that cash all the time. Exactly. But it's it's kind of ugly and it doesn't yeah. make you like feel good at the end of the day. And yeah. I, I don't want to be a part of that if, if they're not winning no, too, neither. right? Yeah. So I did yeah. those. And then, of course, lots of land development deals, right? And then, yeah. um, and then even when I know own, the owner, when I know the owner of the company and I believe yeah. in the product, I've invested significantly in, in yeah. stocks and startups. And yeah, so all that kind of, you know. Yeah, so you just had a, a knack for for finding deals and, and making them work, and 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 for you to say that you've never lost a dollar in real estate at age forty eight when I'm at uh, age thirty three, and I think by age like twenty eight, I had been hurt bad. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah. difference is almost everything I've done, Andrew, I've leveraged in relationship and done with somebody yeah. else. What I really admire about you, and I think you should continue to do it, um, especially when we don't have the kitties yet, uh, you know, babies, and, and congratulations by getting married recently. That was Thank thanks you. for inviting my wife and I. It was wonderful. That yeah, was great having you. Um, what I appreciate about you and, and some of your colleagues is uh, you are doing big things and figuring it out and figuring it out on your own. And with that, then there's going to be some losses. As long as we have way more wins, there's going to be yeah. some losses. I was never that risky to have any loss. I wouldn't say risky because you're not risky. I was never that uh, intricately involved mm-hmm. to really, you know, it was just always with, I mean, t- like I said, all my properties were pretty much turnkey. I think, you know, it's the, it's the same kind of like knowledge and experience uh, just really mitigates risk. You know, I can sleep a lot better at night with something than somebody else could and vice versa. There's some things that I can't, like I hate conflict um, relationally. If I can't resolve something, um sorry if there's conflict i always try to resolve as far as it depends on me but other people they have thicker skin and they're just like hey that's their problem and they can sleep so you know we all have our strengths and weaknesses you've had way more wins than you've had loss so yeah at the end of the day are you a successful real estate investor when it comes to you know profit 100 percent. yeah well i mean if i could go back and, and uh <laughs> and avoid those mistakes uh i think that there would be a big part of me that would want to i mean the learning i got from them was huge yeah but um, where I was, where I was going with with that is, I think I'm at the moment a little bit more like the other side of the spectrum, where it's I'm careful enough that I won't put myself in a deal where I think that there's a chance I'll lose. Yeah, and and I learned that from making the mistakes earlier. But I also look at that and say, well, that does slow progress. You know, if 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 you have a buffer to to not need every deal you get into to be a winner, where you can go after, say, I think that's critical in development. You got to have that uh, that willingness. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I would term it as slowing progress because you are progressing. It just mm-hmm. happens to be a knowledge. 
and yeah, confidence. Yeah, exactly. So you have, to, you have to build up the knowledge, right? That's you, right. You can't, you can't skip that step if that's, if that's your position, which I think um, today, real estate investors are getting more and more savvy. I, what, what I've noticed, like the meetups, like compared to even the meetups like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, way more savvy real estate investors, but the market is harder to get into too. So it's just a calm you're at an equal advantage back when you were doing it you could be successful probably quite a bit easier yes because the prices were a lot more attainable yeah now people are getting more creative triplexes conversions all this stuff because they had to in order to keep profitable absolutely yeah Yeah. so you know same opportunities exist just they kind of look a little bit different i suppose today yeah Yeah. Uh, by the way your quote knowledge mitigates risk i use that all the time (laughs) (laughs) i give you credit where i can don't i just threw in right now for the first time i just threw in experience yeah. Because I was referring to you. I yeah. Think, I think maybe I'll throw that in. So yeah, knowledge and ex- and if you're lucky, experience. Yeah. It mitigates risk because it 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 brings confidence, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You you are more confident. Yeah. I I think like the the knowledge that I've got when I've moved, I've been very confident because I watched people doing it that were doing it right. Yeah. Right. I I am uh, not going to boost myself up here to say that I knew everything because that's not at all the case. I, I just I watched like Carmen, huge inspiration to me. Uh, a friend of mine, Carlo in London, was just absolutely crushing the student rental game, and I'm like, what do you know? You know, <laughs> fortunately enough, these people were willing to spend time with me and and you know talk to me and help me grow. Yeah, and I think now like doing these meetups and all this stuff around is like you wouldn't believe how many people are. are are giving in this community which i yeah. think is amazing yeah like people are just ready to share they want to see you succeed they want to succeed and they know one yeah. plus one equals a heck of a lot more than two that's good when you're when you're combining ideas i believe you i'm not i mean i'm not out there enough mm-hmm. um to know but uh, that's if, if what you're saying is is right that's that's wonderful you should come out next one I don't know. I know you don't. You don't always want to do that kind of thing. You know, dude. I'm a da- like I'm it. a daytime guy. Yeah, I'm a daytime Same. guy. Like right Same. now, we're doing this. What time is it? Noon. Like yeah. twelve. Twelve fifty eight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm a daytime. So to go out at night. Yeah, I got. I just want to binge my new shows and Netflix and whatever. Yeah. Me and my wife and kids and hang out and. Yes, I can. De- I can definitely appreciate that. That's uh, the way I feel too. But I when know. I say daytime guy, uh, I get yeah. a lot done. Right. Yeah. I get, I, absolutely. I, I, I do a lot because. I don't yeah. know. At nighttime, I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't know. So you transitioned your investing from basically being a lot into real estate to simplifying your life. You were a realtor working your butt off, being busy, and obviously being busy was not making you happy. Yeah. Owning all the properties, probably the same, kept you busy, didn't want that. So you got rid of all of it. And then eventually you just ended up in, in equity investing primarily, probably doing some mortgage investing or private lending. Yeah. No, and- no. With... um uh equity yeah so right? you're doing everything joint with venture, equity with, with the developers yeah. yeah just joint venturing with developers so this is the the alternative investment which i've never had anyone on here to speak about this doing alternative yeah. investing completely passive yeah um why don't you just tell tell us a little bit about what you've been able to achieve like what's a good deal look like what did you have to invest yeah how long were you invested and uh what was the type of yield that you were getting yeah, so I one of my guests on my show was uh, one of the biggest commercial realtor guys and really successful and investor and owned apartment buildings and you know his name is George Politis and um, I'd bring him on my show he'd say hey bring my son on Peter Politis I'd say what well, who's he what's he do and you know like when you're a hands on real estate investor like buy a property and tenant it out and you know flip the contract and you know joint venture and all that kind of stuff um, people don't know about about um, land, about development. Because development really, Andrew, is not real estate, to be honest. It's manufacturing. 
Okay. Right? We're in a manufacturing business. Like, I mean, I'm speaking into something here. I have no idea what this is. Some big round mic, I guess. And a pop uh, filter. <laughs> pop filter. And so how much did it cost to make this? And how much does it retail for? And the margin in between you yeah. take out. And that's what it is. And so it took me a while, you know, for it to click. Um, but then it clicked. Manufacturing housing. Right? And the biggest developers um they use other people's money and it wasn't actually really other people's money it's institutional money pension plans hedge funds um these guys would write so let's for example we could build a condominium and it would cost you know we do two two three towers and it might cost us 400 million well in ontario alone and people don't know this you really just need uh, money for the land a little bit of marketing and once you sell out 70 80 percent of what you're building um, or manufacturing, the government, uh, the banks, they give you the, the other 70%. So if it's a $400 million build, we could borrow $280 million, yeah. you know, at like 3%. Right. So that's what the big players, that's what they do. The big players, right? The, so the big players are coming in with their small piece of equity, owning the land. They're they're getting pre-sales enough that the bank, which are backed by our government, will, will, will fork out the other 70% to yes. cover that build. And then... You know, if you're in for 400 million, uh, I'm, I guess you're hoping that the units retail for 600 million uh, or, yeah, or something like that. Profit margin probably, t- yeah. like anything, 25, 30%. I mean, again, 25, 30%, that's probably yeah. a lot higher than this thing I'm speaking into. Yeah, no, probably. <laughs> the yeah. margin's a lot higher. Like, yeah. I, what does this retail for? This one mic. The thing. little pop filter? Yeah. Oh, the mic is like like 85 bucks. I find that ridiculous. Those used to be so much more. But yeah, you can imagine it was made in China. 85, bucks. Over, yeah. 85 bucks is what it was made for. I mean, what retail, retail? And how much did it cost to make? Oh, I don't know. Like maybe maybe by the time it shipped over here, 60, 50. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? But yeah. there's a bunch of people getting paid in between, right? So Yeah, but yeah. it's still the margin. Yeah. For me to say 20, 30% margin is not... Mm. 20, 30% margin on a development, is that kind of where they project yeah. like the ones you've been doing? Yeah, so if we yeah. do $400, $400 million thing, we're going to profit $120 million. Okay. Right? Um, and you're just taking a piece of that. So you as the investor, you're not putting in the whole $120 million, obviously. You're putting in a piece of that. And $120 million is the profit. So so let's say, um, so again, the de- developers would use big, big institutional but Graybrook kind of came along and these guys, um, they know and are good friends with, and it's on their speed dial and, you know, um, with these big developers. And they said, Hey, whether this check for the land, so the land value, the land maybe on a condo might be, I don't know, 10, 15%. So if it's a $400 million, um, build, let's just call it 60 million is the land value. Okay. So we need $60 million. So, the pension plan or the hedge fund can write a check for $60 million, done. But Graybrook came along and said to the big developer, do you care where the check comes from? It's like a check's a check. They said, no, what do, you, what do you have in mind? Well, we'll have individual people like little old Rav and Andrew writing their checks as low as 25 grand that combine, combined in a limited partnership um, will make up 60 million. Do you want to do that? And the developer says, do we want to do that? We want to do that more than we want the money from the the institution because the institution can change their mind after that project's done. But investors will keep going and they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends. So that's what it is, is I and you and I and and our listeners and I guess viewers um, 
can uh, be on the, the same playing field, you know, and have the same opportunities that the big, big players can get. Um, and so it's just a JV. It's just a JV. We come up with that 60 million, actually a little less. We make the developer put in a little bit just out of good faith. Then the um, uh, sellout, um, you know, our product pre-sale bank gives you the rest. You build, you split the profits 50, 50 and projected returns are, 20% on an annualized basis. Well, I did a project where in two years and change, um, I made almost 90%. So I did almost 45% per year. 45% per year. What, yeah. what was the total investment you put in on that one? Uh, 200,000. 200,000 on that one. I got back one. like 180 or something. And then, and, uh, plus my 200, obviously. And then um, I've done deals where it was, you know, 14, 15% because the government got involved and we had an issue with heritage, you know, can't change the face of this or that. So, you know, all said and done, it's just really, I mean, to do nothing, to write a check and to, to have a, you know, a goal of making 20% annualized, give or take, um, is fantastic because I didn't really need the cash flow. You know, I, I, like I say, I do some business development uh, for them as well. And they give me a few bucks to feed the family and, and we're good. So that's why cash flow is not everything. Cash is everything. Um, if you're not going to quit your day job, right? And so, you know, I'm kind of segueing for a second. We can come back to development, but yeah, I'm always I always want to help people just clarify cash flow is not king. Cash is king. Um, if you want to give up your day job, then cash flow is the most important thing. If you think you're probably never going to give up your day job and I commend you if you don't want to, um it's up to you. If that's what you, you know, yeah then you don't need cash flow. It's not going to change your life. So put your money into something that's going to really grow your capital passively so you still have the time to enjoy your family and friends, but keep growing your capital, keep growing your capital, keep growing your capital at 20% a year. Um, And then when you have whatever it is you want, like, you know, for example, let's say you want $120,000 a year, you want $10,000 a month, $120,000 a year, and you're going to conservatively make 6%. Okay, well, then you need $2 million. So grow your capital, get to $2 million, let it spit you out now passively 6%. You get your 120 or 10,000 a month, you're done, right? So to me, I think people don't think about that enough is like, what's the end goal? What do I want to do here? Like, do I want to keep, do I want to be a landlord for the rest of my life? Do I want to keep buying properties? Or do I want to be able to do whatever I want, travel the world, do this, do that? Neither is wrong, but know what you want. So what I want is I just want it all in a bank and I will take um, that money and I will lend it out at 9, 10, 11, 12%. And that's it. And be done on a yearly basis, right? So when you hit a critical mass right now, you're growing, you're still getting paid actively for basically just referring people over to the same company. Not you even referring. I, I, Not even. I, I, um, I'm invested heavily. Right. Right. Like maybe seven figures. I'm invested heavily in, in, in development. Okay. I, um, I bring, um, my friends, Graybrook on my show, not often, once every six, seven weeks. Yeah. People watch, oh, Raph puts his money there. Let me look into this more. They put their money there. And then Graybrook gives me a few bucks, um, for that indirect, I don't know who they are referral, I guess you call it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, That's a great, great little system, though. You know, for for allowing you to continue to live the lifestyle that that you want to do, because I know you want yeah. simple, right? Yeah. You don't want to be involved in all that. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing as writing the check. Like you record your show. I think 
Uh, do we want to spill the beans about the format and how fast you record all those episodes? Oh, I have nothing to hide about. <laughs> I have nothing. Listen, two kids, yeah. two orgasms. You yeah. know, I keep begging my wife to yeah. have a third kid so I can. No, I'm just yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, no, there's no secrets with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're recording an entire season of shows in a, like a few weeks, right? No, no. Is it more than that? No. One week. One week. Oh, one week. In one week, we do 26 episodes. Yeah, I do five, six episodes a day. I have a great girl like Nikki that helps me and does a, a few for me. You've actually come and did one and that was fun. Um, but yeah, I do 26 episodes in one week mm -hmm. and then we repeat it. And that's my 52 weeks in a year. See, that's fantastic. So you're able to keep it done in the day, still have the nights to watch. Netflix. I still go on my night. I do yeah. it from, I show up at the studio at 11. Yeah. I'm done at four. I crank six half hour episodes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. This is inspiring though, because you're able to live your life. But is it? No, but hold on. Is it? Because it to is. me, what the evil one wants to say is, Raph, people now think you're really lazy. They think you could be doing more. What's wrong with you? But for, oh, you, to, but for you to say it's inspiring. <laughs> no, I mean, that's validating. I appreciate that. Because you have freedom. So you, you have the ability to, to record the show, which you obviously seem to enjoy. And then you have people who you've empowered to help you put, put that out. You get to go home at night. And then all the rest of the weeks, you can spend time with family, spend time, work with your ministry. And... And really, you don't have anything to worry about there. You you have you have the the continuous profits being made in your business just because you recorded episodes in one week and they continue to air and send you business. But then you also have your investments growing. And one day, like you said, you'll convert that all over into a more cash based investment where you could just live off of it if if you ever needed to. And I mean, how many times have yeah. I said to you in the last yeah. even couple of months? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe two or three times. Hey, Andrew, you know, I also keep. A few hundred thousand dollars in the mm -hmm. bank, and if you ever see anything that me and sure. you want to do, I'd love to give it to you, and yeah. let, let's do a, a you know a, a JV deal and stuff like that. So I'm always don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. my my brother in law is a uh, excavator, and he told me last year he spent fifty thousand dollars on bins, you know, and I'm like, let's open a bin company. Like, tell me the numbers, I'll invest in that. And so I'm always in the game. I always like to, but I, but it's not intentional. It's like, hey, Chris, my brother in law the fights are on tonight come watch the ufc and um and let's have a beer and then we're just talk yeah like me and you are going to go to lunch after this yeah we're going to talk something might be birthed into that right how did i get into graybrook because i saw a guy named george and i grabbed him out of a crowd and said hey you come on my show i've seen you in a magazine how did I, was i involved with scott and michael with keyspire because Scott's casting director went to my church 20 years ago and I met her and then she called me out of the blue and said, hey, will you go on Scott's show called Income Property? Uh, will you be, be a guest on it? And I said, sure, I'll go on Income Property. Then I, I said, now, Scott, you've got to come on my show. And it's just all like the, yeah. no, nothing's intentional. Yeah. Nothing's intentional except for the quest for relational wealth. And when you desire relational wealth and in order to acquire relational wealth, you have to desire relational intelligence. Because people are just stupid sometimes, like just so selfish and, and me too. And, and, but again, self-awareness is key. So when you find yourself in that selfish posture, be aware, apologize, now get back to the giving. And when you just go to give, magic happens. And, and that's where you can be very fruitful. Um, yes, even financially. Absolutely. Well, I, I, like I said, I do find it very inspiring. It's, it's such a different thing from what most people are talking about. I mean, you're, you're what you've done, whether you, kind of realized that originally or not was you did build influence in yourself. You, you, you created a, a brand of RAV and you are a brand in Canada and, and probably much beyond. And 
people just they, they want to know what you're doing right that the, this all works because people are interested in what you're doing and and how you're living your life and yeah, yeah that's it's awesome man i appreciate you sharing it well hey thanks for asking it yeah no problem yeah. um okay so a little bit about your journey in terms of things that you you know you've you've spilled a lot of wisdom here but uh things you would say to somebody not to do if they're you know going down the real estate investing role road or if say there's somebody that's in their younger years and and they're getting started what advice would you wish you had you know back in your younger years specifically investing to make money or just life in, in from the real estate investing uh standpoint okay. and you can bring some life in there too i'm it, it all works together yes yeah it's hard for me to separate but um um yeah just be really careful ask lots of advice uh talk to people be very giving but be very careful who you, um, for lack of a better word, envy, who you wow. Like, don't be wowed by anybody. Because if I teach you how to make a lot of money, but my kids don't know me, my yeah. wife is, you know, leaving me. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm, but I know how to teach you how to make a lot of money. Yeah. I think you got to look at people holistically. You know, you have to be really careful. Be careful of, except for the Andrew Hines podcast, be careful to, of, of all the podcasts you listen to. Be careful for all the books you read. Be careful because what you put in your head goes in your heart. What goes in your heart goes into your action, right? And so like, I'm not a fan of reading lots of books. I'm not a fan of listening to lots of podcasts. Read a book or two a year. If you like it, apply it. If not, move on. Listen to a few podcasts, you know, apply it. Um, but be very careful. You know, I think we've, we, 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 we've become, there's no more Andrew. There's no more Rav if we're not careful because we're inundated by other people's thoughts yeah. where people, you know, inundated by who's big now, right now. Like, uh, and I love him. I think he's a great guy, uh, from what I see and learn and read, uh, Gary V. Yeah. yeah Gary V is big or Grant Cardone's coming to Toronto here soon. And, but just be careful. You don't know their life. Yeah, there's a context there, right? You exactly. don't you don't know everything. So I that's why I like you share so much about your life because you see like I always I go back to this advice and somebody told me that one day, like whenever someone's giving you advice, look at what they have in their life yes. and ask yourself, would you want that to be your life? That's 100% what I'm trying to say. See, you're a better teacher than me. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is learn, take it in, but be careful when it goes from mind to heart really go slow on that drive on the drive from mind to heart really take caution like stay in the right lane go really slow because once it gets to heart it goes into action and you've got to just be really careful from who you're learning from uh from what you're and 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 and, and be able to differentiate and say okay you know what I think this guy is an idiot the way he lives his life. But in terms of how to make money I will imitate that. But as long as you know that yeah as long as you know you know, you, somebody's watching this and say, I think Rav's an idiot. I think Rav is lazy. He doesn't work hard enough. Um, but I'm going to listen to what he and his guests say about making money. Great. As long as you know that. Don't work five, 10 hours a week. Go ahead and work 60, 70 hours a week. But just know that that's what you're doing and be aware, right? So that's why I'm just, I'm just very careful of, of who I uh, imitate holistically. You know, I can take bits and pieces uh, but you can get in a lot of trouble because somebody can help you take your business to the moon and they may be married, you know, five times over and their kids don't know them. And you're going to follow those at the same path. If you're not careful, I, I feel gross even talking like this. I feel, cause I don't want, I don't want to sound judgmental at all. I'm just saying 
You asked me what would I say to Rav 25 years ago, I would just say be careful. No, I appreciate that completely. Yeah. And that, that's something that I've learned, you know, throughout my later 20s is, is that to be very, very careful uh, of, you know, look at them holistically, just like you said, and, and, and analyze the whole picture, decide yeah. what parts you like and what parts you don't. And you might decide that there's so much of what you don't like there that you just can't follow that person or yeah. you just can't take their advice. And exactly. Hey, that's, that's wisdom right there. I think that's, I don't know if that's something you only get by experience. I feel like it kind of is, Yeah. but, uh, hopefully some people can hear that and just implement it right, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Life's so. too short, man. We have to, the definition of success. I mean, people say happiness. I don't even say happiness. I, I say success to me is just living at peace, having a life. That's just a mind full of peace and a, and a heart that's content. That's success, right? I don't say happiness because I think happiness means just happenstance. Like, you know, if my mother passes away, I'm not going to be happy, but there should be a deeper, you know, peace and contentment. And if you can arrive there, that has nothing to do with money. Nothing. Huge difference between financial freedom and financial peace, right? It's, it's the latter that we should, we should strive for. And that has nothing to do with the amount that's in your bank. Yeah. You know, it's a very similar concept to the uh, definition of wealth versus being rich and wealth being the, the amount of time you could just go without working. Yeah. Which is, to me, that's where it's at because it allows for all the others. It, it allows for, for, for faith. It allows for, for relationships, all that stuff because you have time. So yeah. 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 Awesome. Rav really appreciate it. If yeah. somebody wanted to follow your journey or, or kind of keep it, keep tabs on you, where should we send them? Um, TV show. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't really have much. If, if you want to learn how to make money. So you can work less and have time for things that matter. Uh, everydayinvestor.com. Um, but more importantly to me, if you ever desire to talk spiritually, come join me on a Sunday morning, simplechurch.ca. And other than that, Rav Tour is not on social media because I'm just not good at it. I, I waste too much time. Um, but the show is, and it's starting to be more and more. So Yeah, so they can follow the Everyday Investor on, or Everyday Investor on Instagram, I'm sure. Yeah, like whatever they do. I don't know yeah. what they do. It's, it's Instagram. <laughs> start uh, with the website. LinkedIn. Yeah, it's yeah. all on the website. Yeah, Everydayinvestor.com. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I don't have much to say. So I'd rather you contact my guests than me, but yeah. I'm also not hard to get. I love to talk to people. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Rav. Let's go grab lunch. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening and watching today's episode, guys. Quick reminder, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons and the notification bell, and feel free to post a comment below. And while you're at it, why not share this episode with somebody you think it could help? I'd really appreciate it, and it's gonna help grow our community around this podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.